believe in the relationship, never think that there is a shorter ways to arrive to the, to the goals. Just uh, believe in what you're doing and then you'll get it. Welcome to The Irresistible Factor, a podcast where I talk to founders and investors and retailers about what it takes to launch successful brands, from developing a compelling proposition and brand identity, to raising capital, to getting distribution, and more. My name is Christy Bridges, and I'm a marketing expert with tons of experience and a true love for all things health and wellness. Welcome to today's episode of The Irresistible Factor. This is a really special interview for me because I am interviewing Luigi Marullo, who is the founder of Pastificio Marullo, and he is based in Italy. And I'm so, so honored to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Risti, and congratulations for your uh, pronunciation. Ah, oh, grazie. <laughs> no, I'm taking lessons, so hopefully it's working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's working, it's working. Thank you. So I'm really happy to have you chat with us about your brand. So why don't you just give us a little bit of background on your family and how you decided to start this particular brand? So we are uh, native from Torre Annunziata. Torre Annunziata is, is a town, is a small town between uh, Naples and Sorrento. It's uh, exactly in the middle of the uh, Gulf of Naples. In front of us, we see Capri and on the other side, Ischia. So we are in a magic uh, land, in a magic place where uh, already Romans and Greeks came uh, to enjoy the life nearby. In our back, we have the Vesuvio, the volcano, and in front of us, we have the seaside. So uh, there are lots of uh, natural properties of our land. And since we are born in this land, we would like to make this land grow up and uh, to invest in all things that are linked to, to our territory. So that's the basic idea of why we are uh, investing in this territory. And uh, if you're interested about the pasta, then I can go for the next question. Why pasta? Yes, I'd like to hear about why pasta and also a little bit about, I know your family, you are in a family business and been in the same place for a long time and this feels really special. So yeah, why don't you talk about why pasta, what the background is? Yeah, we are in a family business. Uh, our father uh, is an entrepreneur that uh, started with other businesses, not really to pasta, more than 30 years ago. Uh, he started in the healthcare business. So we run a medical center here in uh, Torre Annunziata always. And I am the first of three brothers. So we are in the second generation uh, family business and we started to diversify in other sectors. One of the sectors is the pasta business because uh, Coming back to the first uh, talk, we want to invest in all things that are related to the territory. So Torre Annunziata and our land was very famous to be the capital of white art, so the capital of uh, pasta. We have uh, many testes about uh, this. I can uh, tell you a couple of moments, like there is a book, a note from Torre Annunziata that inspired also a very important movie with the director of Nina Wirtmüller and actors like Sofia Loren and Giancarlo Giannini. And the movie is called, or the book is called Francesca e Nunziata. And it tells about the story of this uh, more than 100 uh, pastificios, so pasta makers, artisan or uh, semi-industrial pasta makers, for a couple of centuries ago. And uh, they are talking about the crisis of the 1929 and uh, how this family was living this crisis. So this is one of, of the testes we have. And uh, 
Another one is that uh, in the old times, uh, before the industrialization, in this land, thanks to the special climate, so to the weather, uh, we were between, I told you, Vesuvio and the seaside, and so there was this uh, special wind, uh, special humidity that were perfect for the uh, drying of the pasta outside. So people were drying outside the pasta, and now with the industrialization and the crisis, uh, this art was kind of lost in our land, and for this reason, we want this challenge to be live uh, again. Is it common to find pasta brands in your area, or is this new again? In our town, there are only a couple of pasta makers that uh, have more than 100 years, but uh, it's uh, there are still many uh, small pasta makers. So. Yeah. Uh, But in our land, there are still areas where the pasta is uh, very uh, known, like uh, Gragnano, Castellamare, that are very power places. Logistically, Torre Annunziata was also like the harbor where all the gloom wheat was coming from all over the world. We still have these silos uh, in our harbor that are hosting the gloom wheat uh, that is coming uh, from all over the world, even if we are using uh, in our pastiche only Italian gloom wheat semolina. So I'm curious to know about your family business. It's pretty common in Italy, not so much here, to stay in a family business and work with your family. I'm curious to know, so your family business wasn't pasta. What led you to this decision versus staying in the exact business that your dad was in? So before our dad, our grandparents that used to be uh, landowners and big distributors of uh, fruit, but also of dry fruit coming from uh, abroad. So, but they were like more than eight brothers. So there was no prosecution of their company. So after our father, so we think that in our DNA, there is this kind of uh, entrepreneurial uh, mood. Our father started in the healthcare business. He was coming from construction. So we built up this diagnostic center. But together with our brothers, we decided that uh, our town had to develop and was not possible to have one cathedral in the desert. So let's say what is motivating us is to make the territory growing up in uh, uh, activities that are linked to the territory. So for example, our sister is running a beach with the restaurant and uh, because we have also this volcanic uh, sand uh, in this beach. And so then pasta, because Storia Anunciata used to be city of pasta in the old time. And we don't know what's coming uh, next. But we did this pastiche here in this building because our grandparents had their first warehouse here for the food. So there is always this kind of motivation that is going beyond the economic interest. So how has it been going? Talk about when you started and then how you've been getting distribution or whatever you're doing to sort of make yourself a known brand. So the company is bringing our name. So we really want uh, this company and this brand to be positioned in a very high level and high position segment. So we are specializing in niche pasta. So we want to produce a special emotion, special feeling when our customers are tasting our pasta. It has to be completely different experience from the past experience before. So having this concept very clear in mind, we work on each step to arrive to this result. So we select the best raw material coming only from Italy because we are sure that in Italy we use the right or no glyphosate at all. So Italian drum with semolina uh, melt with cold water, so it's a very hard and special melt cut in bronze trapile. 
And this bronchitrapyle is giving this kind of special ruidity and a consistency to the fresh pasta that is coming from the trapyle. And then we dry this fresh pasta in the static cells. So we replicate the old way of drying pasta outside in the open air in a controlled environment. So it's a very long, delicate uh, drying phase. We dry for 48 hours with an average of uh, 38 degrees. So the pasta is also very natural when you taste it. I'm curious about the cutting and what you're talking about with the bronze. I want you to just elaborate a little bit on that because I think there's something really different about what you're doing. And it's also obviously a lot more expensive than your typical pasta that you would get in a grocery store in the United States. So can you explain a little bit more about why that process is different and what that translates to for someone eating it? So pasta is different because in our case, it takes more than four days to produce a package of pasta. It's not because we are slow. It's because the the artisanal procedure is much slower compared to an industrial pasta, which is taking between four and six hours to have a complete package of pasta. Okay. You see the difference when you see the pasta, when you touch the pasta, and when you bite the pasta. When you will bite our pasta, I can say as many words as you want, but... It's in that moment that you really understand what I'm uh, meaning, you or our customers. And in order to, let's say, put the right dress to the right product, we uh, created the very luxury brand, which is uh, Warm Golden uh, Wit, with our name on this. So regarding brand positioning, we really decided to have this uh, luxury in a commodity product like like it's always seen in the pasta. And it's also a good moment because, uh, you know, there are now... Uh, chefs and people that uh, are cooking inside and by absurd uh, COVID helped us uh, in this because they came out, uh, many chefs from families and from houses uh, after COVID. So we really want to arrive to those niches. What we are doing in uh, distribution, we are uh, positioned now in uh, Amazon US. uh, So you can find us there. Thanks also to our partners in the United States. Uh, You will see our video of our pasta makers, see our pictures, but all the words I can say, it's the moment when you buy that you will feel the difference. Well, I would agree with you because I've tried the pasta and it is very different and it's much, much better, but I wouldn't know unless we, I mean, I would taste the difference, but I'm not, and the packaging is beautiful and very high end. I'm just wondering, is there an education that has to happen Um, especially with Americans who don't really understand the nuances of making pasta or why one would be different than another? Are you trying to do something special to get them to understand? Or is the chef idea a way to get people trying it here? You know, there is always space for niche uh, products. Uh, If you go to the automotive, uh, there is space for sure for a classic Fiat, but there is also space for Ferrari. So this kind of education is getting into matureness of industries. So in Italy, we are very mature from a pasta tasting point of view because we were born in the pasta. Our mothers are giving us is pasta for sure. This education is arriving to many countries and it's arriving for sure also in the United States because it's a process that is parallel between chefs and uh, private usage. You can be captured by the attention of this kind of package in a shelf or because uh, your trust uh, Salumiere's agronomy uh, shop is suggesting you this kind of pasta or also because you are tasting this pasta in a good restaurant. We try to follow all the channels and all the niches and we try to enter 
like this and to follow, let's say, a natural path. Uh, we are not a big industry or a big company that can invest like huge amount of money right. on advertisement. We have to create relationships with uh, our chefs, with our customers, and we have to enter into their mouth. That's the only way we can uh, make it. Yeah. So how are you going about creating those relationships? What are you guys doing to get people here? Where else? I don't know where else you're expanding to, but what are you doing to get chefs to taste and people to talk about your pasta? I'm traveling a lot. I travel a lot. I go to food fairs, food shows to present like I'm doing uh, with you or your program. But I'm also doing this with the potential customers. And uh, if it's possible, we are also taking with us our chef and we uh, make a real-time cooking show. And oh. so in the moment, uh, people understand that there is a difference, but also visiting our uh, potential or existing clients. So once we are uh, putting uh, flags all around the world, because we are present now in the U.S., uh, we started, I didn't tell you, we started uh, six years ago, but uh, basically was the real start was after COVID. Uh, that mm-hmm. uh, Personally, together with my brother, started the operative uh, part of the company. And so I travel a lot, I talk with people, and while we are putting flags like United States, Canada, or Dubai, or Spain, uh, for sure we are present also in Italy, then we go deep uh, with our partners. And that's the main relationship with our importers or distributors. We also do like uh, proactive uh, activities on uh, LinkedIn or social networks. We also work in this way, in or outside Italy, but mainly it's uh, food show, food fairs. We are traveling a lot. And how are you finding it? Are you finding it harder, easier than you thought it was going to be? It's not easy because compared to the healthcare business, it might be easier because it's a free competition, it's free market. It's not like in the healthcare business, you have lots of bureaucracy and uh, politics in the middle. Yes. We work together with the national system. Here, it's free market. So if the product is good, if you are able to reach the client, then becoming automatic uh, afterwards. The difficult part is to get to the first uh, client, the trust of the first client, because there's a lot of pasta lot of pasta producers, first question is, why should I take your pasta? It's more right. expensive. Why you? You're a young company and, uh, you know, yes, we're a young company, but it's also, it's also good because you can be the first one to take us and then we link together with you. So there's always a good answer to mm-hmm. potential issues. There are never issues. There are always uh, potentialities when you move. Uh, yeah. You just to move. There is a world that is waiting for Italian good food uh, outside. So we just have to move. I think that's interesting and true. Although I think that in America, obviously our quality of our food isn't the same as yours and the devotion to that quality. I think it's getting there. I think people are starting to ask the right questions and obviously pay attention to ingredients and how things are produced, which is so important. What are you finding the most challenging of all the things that you have to do to get the brand to grow? And what's the most challenging so far? In a startup business, the main challenge is to believe in what you are doing. That's the main challenge because there were days at the beginning, you know, especially after COVID, that we were without any clients. And so, you know, you have to start sometimes from zero. And the challenge is just to to say, okay, we have the right product and we are the right company, the right partner for you in that market. Uh, So the first challenge is to gain that niche. And then the second challenge is also to maintain the quality of the product, because especially in this period, 
that we were like bombed from figuratively uh, increase of prices of uh, raw materials, energy. Mm. You never have to go to compromises. Keep the quality of the product because that choice is harder in that moment, but uh, is uh, giving you uh, the long term uh, staying in the market. You know, the challenge is not to compromise your quality. It's also yeah. another challenge. After COVID, you said you had no clients. What does that mean? You were selling online and then you stopped. It's kind of died out because a lot of the DTC things stopped happening. Like people were going back to the store. Like, what do you mean by no clients after COVID? Before COVID, we started only in our region in Italy. Mm-hmm. We only started with the restaurants. So okay. during COVID, restaurants were closed. All people were just concentrated on uh, price products in Italy. They mm-hmm. were supermarkets and we were not present in uh, supermarkets neither so we had to i, I think covid really helped us because uh, made us think how many opportunities there were outside that we were not thinking at the beginning yeah yeah there are channels that uh, are compatible between each other before covid we were saying never organized distribution uh, never this never that but then covid uh, let's say mixed all the cards mm-hmm. so, and do you have distribution in stores in Italy now? Uh, we have a distribution in stores. Yeah, we yeah. call the channels. We are in gastronomy shops. We are in restaurants with distributors. We work also with the uh, wholesalers, so big wholesalers that uh, are positioning in their shelves uh, high quality product. We can't compete on the industrial uh, way. We have to compete differently. We can enter. There is space for good uh, products. Uh, not always, not for everybody, but uh, there is space. And what about in the U.S.? Are you working through distributors? Are you working through chefs? Both? Both. We Both. have a strong partner in uh, Florida. We built in uh, in his warehouse, also a small warehouse for us, so we can be live in terms of uh, logistics. Yeah. And we have also uh, other, uh, he's our importer, called Manso, he's in uh, Southeast Miami. Uh, but we are also working with uh, other partners like uh, Fruit of the Booth, which is in northern part of Florida, or with uh, Impact, which is in uh, New Jersey, New York. Uh, I'm just giving you some names. So we have also uh, Beyond Gourmet that is in Texas. These are different distributors. They can buy directly from us or through our importer. We are offering these different kinds of solutions to clients and potential clients. And for sure, we are present in Amazon. So our first uh, a card in uh, identity card in US is uh, type uh, Marula Pasta, artisan pasta on uh, Amazon. We are doing a great work together with our uh, Manzo partner in uh, in uh, Florida to, to position our set. In, uh, and when did you come into the US? How recently? It was the uh, second part of 2022. Second part. Okay. Not that long ago. And how um, do you feel that that's going? Is that meeting your expectations? Is it harder than you thought? I think it's a very interesting market. First of all, it's a mature market. Uh, so there is uh, people, coming back to your previous question, people uh, maybe have a higher uh, economic standard to get compared to many other countries in the world. And so they give, uh, they want to give value. So they want to spend uh, well. And good food is a way of spending uh, I mean, people are really want to have uh, good food and uh, to have a good experience. And the second thing that is helping us a lot in the uh, U.S. is that uh, there are so many Italian grandparents or these grandparents, you know, and so 
there is this kind of Italian blood uh, in U.S. Uh, people, citizens, uh, feeling the experience of good uh, meal with good pasta is also giving us a, a greater. Are you um, finding that it's regional for you in the U.S.? Because you're talking about high concentrations of Italian populations, and that's definitely regional, right? New York, New Jersey, Florida, those are all the places. Are there other places? Chicago, maybe? I don't know. Might be, but it's such a huge country that uh, we have to go with our natural steps. So we will be in the U.S. again in the uh, end of November. It's an event together with the, the Chamber of Commerce of Italy, the Ooh. local players. And uh, we are coming again. In, we were in summer fancy food uh, last June and also last year, this June and also last year. And uh, we are coming next year to the food show in uh, Las Vegas in yeah. uh, March. And yeah. then we're going to have a cooking show. So you, Christy, and all uh, your uh, customers can come and taste a good pasta. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Anything that you would share, like when you said it was really hard during COVID, were there days when you were thinking this isn't a good idea, maybe we shouldn't continue on? Did you have those moments? No, we never had those moments. We just thought uh, when we were with very flat tires, uh, now there is time for us to go into the field. Because at the beginning, we externalized almost everything. We had the marketing director, sales director. Then at a certain point during COVID, we said, okay, let's, uh, it's our company, it's our name on it. Let's go first person uh, to develop yeah. it. So I'm outside, my brother is inside. And, uh, you know, that's the daily work that is uh, giving you the, the belief and the strength to continue. So there are art days because uh, maybe that day we are artisans. So that day the production was not uh, coming uh, as we wanted and we had to produce again. And, and maybe first time to enter in the U.S., we didn't have the label compliant to FDA standard. And then we mm -hmm. had to it on study. But uh, doing the things with your hands is, is different. And maybe when, when we have uh, set up uh, the basics, then uh, we can uh, build up again a bigger team. What would you say, is there anything you would say to people who are trying to start companies and bring their brand to the U.S.? Is there any advice you would give them? Anything you've learned along the way? You can start as much as you want, but there is a point that you have to start. You have to make your hands dirty and you have to create a strong partnership with people. I mean, at least small and niche company like us. Relationships is the most, is the most important thing. So believe in the relationship. Never think that there is uh, shorter ways to arrive to the, to the goals. Just uh, believe in what you're doing and then you'll, you'll get it. I mean, we are still at the beginning. So I can't give uh, lessons. But this is what uh, we repeat to ourselves every night and uh, to start the day after uh, stronger. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It can be really challenging. And I think it's interesting. You don't seem to be wavering at all. Have you raised capital yet or are you self-funding right now? We uh, started with our uh, funds and with uh, also bank funds. So mm -hmm. we started our company, which is a typical way of starting companies in, uh, in Italy. The goal now is to get to the, and we will arrive by this year to have the break-even point. And so from next year, we want to grow our company with the, our natural incomes at the moment. We don't want to raise capital, at least for the next uh, one or two years, because yeah. there is a way to grow in terms of production, but we can also grow accompanying the pasta with other kind of products under the same uh, brand. 
So the first thing now is to position the brain in the, in the right uh, niche, with the right partners. Risk capital, maybe we will think about it in a couple of years. Or yeah. What do you want the company to be? Like, what's your goal? How big? How widely distributed? What kind of stores do you want to be in? We have to be in the best stores and um, we have to go with the right restaurants. Not They don't have to be the, the best restaurants in terms of ID cards. They have to be the right ones because it's the long term that is important for us. So for sure, we have clear ideas also where we have to be in by the end of this year and by a couple of years from now and within five years in terms of turnover and size of companies. But still, we are a niche company. So we have to reach the right countries in the next uh, couple of years. We have already presence in uh, terms of legs now. But uh, next year, 2024, is going to be challenging because we have to go deeper in each country. So we have mm-hmm. to enlarge the market size in each country. So this year was important to play. Next year is important to reach uh, customers through our partners. In, uh, yeah. Do you feel like you need to have someone in the U.S. to help you grow this market or will you do it through your partners? At the moment, we will do it very natural. We talk with our partner and the thing is that uh, the company is uh, based mainly on us as a family in terms of uh, developing. So next step can be to create uh, a bigger team, but uh, it's going to be a challenge of 2024. Have you done any partnerships with any other companies to try to get people to by maybe, you know, I know there's a lot of brands that do partnerships with like-minded companies. So maybe an olive oil brand or something like that, where you could potentially tap into their customers. We thought this and we are applying this in a very random way, not very structured. So there is a very important food show in Italy. It's the Chibus. It's like the summer fancy food or we did already. We had our own stand together with our Semolina provider. And so moment was great because we were exchanging a lot of commercial potentials in terms of clients. Uh, it was a very good uh, initiative. But to have like a strong partnership can be good or bad at the same mm-hmm. time. Pasta is uh, going very good with a good tomato, with a good olive oil. Mm-hmm. But you partner with only one uh, olive oil producer or with only one tomato yeah. and you start to become very empathic uh, to the others. So, yeah, yeah. The moment is good for us to be very fair with with the good customers and good uh, potential partners, but not make it uh, like forced. Yeah, yeah, nothing exclusive. Very natural growth, like our uh, natural process of pasta. (laughs) Yes. I want to ask you one more question because I don't get to talk to that many entrepreneurs in a family business. I mean, I've talked to husband and wife teams who have started brands together, but not so much siblings. So what's it like? You know, I'm sure when it's good and the business is doing really well, it's fun. Is it harder to be in a family business when you're starting and learning and growing and facing challenges or is it easier? No, no, it's very challenging. The big challenge is uh, generation, how to say, the generational relationship. So it was very challenging first with my father. I was uh, the first one coming. So it was challenging for me, but also for him. The importance is to clarify the rules mm-hmm. and to respect uh, from our side uh, as uh, sons, it was uh, very important to respect what he did. Because in order to arrive to that point, uh, means that it was uh, very successful. So maybe 
we can do things in different way and we have to prove anyhow our yeah. success he proved already so got to learn and to respect but then you have to do with your hands as well otherwise you never make mistakes and you never learn so it's not easy from one side and the other our father always left us uh, doing and uh, make mistakes but you learn doing mistakes uh, the important is not to repeat the same mistakes and with brothers it's also very challenging because there is also important to clarify the roots uh, it's doesn't make sense there's space uh, for brothers uh, in one or in many companies not everybody has to be the seller or the team or the producer the important thing is that we like what we're doing uh, in this way there is a space to grow up with the family businesses but you know there are university i studied at university you can study also this uh, generational uh, growth of companies or family businesses uh, there is you can put as much structure as you want but the formula is uh, not the same for uh, all the businesses or all the families yeah i mean i think it's good advice for any partnerships to make really clear ground rules and try to stick to them i'm just i'm sure it's more challenging because the lines get blurred, you know, you're a family, you care about each other, you respect each other, but also you're probably really comfortable arguing and just debating whether things are right or wrong. And I'm sure it's different. Well, when you are in the business, for sure you're brothers and you trust each other. That's important thing. But then uh, also a brother can make a mistake or can be not the best one in what he's doing. Uh, you just uh, try to be very frank uh, with the other. There are tough moments. Uh, not always the businesses are going uh, good, but it's easier. When things are going in the good way, then everybody likes each other. But, uh, yes, yes, yes. The difficult part is when things are going not in the right direction. The important thing is that you can make other decisions in your life. You have to sit down and talk in a very frank way, only with your brother or only with your father. Or only, it's very easy to interfere from other people. It can be our wives or our between wives, it's also our mother that is not part of the business. So, mm-hmm. no, when uh, you are not any more clear with each other, then difficulties will enter immediately in the business. I'm sure about this. Yeah. And are you wanting this to stay a family business that you pass down at some point to your your children? Our father didn't ask us or didn't force us, but he was always there for us. So. Mm-hmm. Natural for us to ask him uh, after different experiences we did. I say the, the first son, mm, while my brothers were still studying or working abroad, they said, I want to come back in the family business if it's okay for you. He was very happy about this. I hope my children and our children, also the children of my brothers, will uh, decide uh, what is the best for their lives because uh, you're going to have all the empires you want but uh, they don't have to become a prison so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they have to choose uh, if they really want to do it otherwise there is space uh, for a mechanic uh, or for a doctor or a nurse or whatever the important thing is that they, they have to be happy happiness oh. is the most important thing that's very amazing to hear and i think smart obviously and that's what you did so anything else that you want to share about any of the business things or any family things before we wrap up? I think this is so great and I'm really appreciative of your time and also love the pasta. So happy to share it as much as I can. But we have these words that we like to share with our uh, friends or with our potential customers. It's uh, bite into pasta for the first time. So 
this is the only way that uh, we can uh, transfer to the listener how to, to try a different experience. And uh, what I can say about uh, business or there could be so many things, but uh, what is motivating us is the challenge and the happiness in doing what we are doing. There are tough moments and uh, life is so beautiful, uh, world is so big that, uh, you know, we just have to go outside and uh, gain uh, what we want. At a certain point, there will be times for uh, difficult moments, but we have always the possibility to raise up the feet and say, okay, I, go, I can go slower now. I mean, the important thing is uh, happiness more than business. Yeah. This is important. It's very important. I think people should remember that. It's hard sometimes because you just get caught up in what you're doing and you forget that it's supposed to be leading you to something better, right? It's not all about working, 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 making money, and then being miserable. You have to find ways to be happy. So it sounds like you're doing that. Yes, it's exactly what we are trying to do now. And I think it's coming through just, I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I think when you get that package, it's so special. Like it doesn't feel like anything else I've had from a pasta perspective at all. Nothing like not the homemade pastas I've had, not any of the other brands. And I've tried lots and lots of brands, but the specialness of your package, I think is really also important because you open it and there's all that beautiful gold foil. It feels different. It feels different and it tastes, you're right. I mean, you have to taste it because it's very hard to explain. Yeah, very kind. Uh, it's. Uh, I mean it though. I mean, I'm a, I will tell you, I've tried every pasta that there is and my whole family has a great passion for it. And so it is special and I do appreciate it. And I hope that you get lots of people trying it because I think it's different and I think it's better. Thank you very much. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you. Motivating thank us. It's not so motivational, this part. So, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And I think this is really inspiring. And I want people to know how much passion matters. You know, it's not just about making a lot of stuff. It's about making things that you really care about and feel strongly about. And I think that's coming through. I would like to thank you, Resistible Factors. And your podcast is great. It's a great experience. And you're a great person. So thank I you. look forward to have your visit in Italy. And, thank uh, you. Me too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Irresistible Factor. I'm Christy Bridges, and I can't wait to see you next Wednesday.